This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. And this episode is sponsored by our friends at Destinations International, an organization that recognizes and advocates the importance of cultivating a unified travel industry where everyone is welcome, where there is equitable access for all, and to help reshape existing power structures so that systematically marginalized voices and perspectives are heard and valued. And to that end, DI has recently released the first ever EDI assessment tool designed for DMOs to understand how equity, diversity, and inclusion has been incorporated into operational practices as a basis to improve and integrate performance. To learn more, go to the homepage of destinationsinternational.org and click on the EDI link. And now it's on to our show. Rachel Brown is the executive director of Visit Durango, where she leads a team of tourism, marketing, and sales experts at the destination management and marketing organization for Southwest Colorado's most visited region. Rachel has over 10 years of experience in tourism marketing and held director positions at Visit Fisherman's Wharf and Visit Oakland. She has earned a Global Sustainability Tourism Council certification, serves on the board of directors of the Colorado Tourism Office, and is the chair of the marketing committee for the Colorado Tourism Office. Rachel Brown, welcome to DMOU. Hi, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, great to have you on. And before we begin, you know, we caught you last summer on the podcast on our Destinations International annual meeting question regarding a job title that you were considering but never would have thought of five years ago. And you said sustainability and policy manager. So how has that progressed in the six months since we saw you? Well, I'm excited to say that it is going great. We ended up hiring Waylon Ryan for our sustainability and policy manager position, and he actually just celebrated his year anniversary with us. And we got really lucky with Waylon. Uh, Not only does he have his master's in sustainable tourism, but he's also a second generation local to Durango, which for a position like this is a really great asset. Uh, We did consider some other candidates from outside the region, but he really has the knowledge of the area and has seen how it's changed over the last decade. So that context is really important. He's also raising family here. So his motivation to make Durango the sustainable destination for the long term and for the next generation comes from a very pure place. And he also just has great connections in the community. He's a trusted voice amongst locals. So it's working out great. I'm happy to report and we're very lucky to have him. That is so cool. And for an old guy like me to hear you say that you've hired somebody who has a master's degree in sustainable tourism, there was no such thing <laughs> in my world <laughs> when I got into this this amazing career. And that there are such uh, degree programs out there is really, really exciting. So that's very, very cool. So here's the first question. Within a day or two over the holidays, I read an article about your sustainability initiative. It was very, very cool. And then, honestly, within like 24, 48 hours, I saw another interview with Carl Rabato from SMG Consulting. 
in which he urged DMOs to be cautious about stepping into the sustainability and stewardship role in their communities. Now, this is not a shot at Carl at all. Love Carl. I totally get where he's coming from. Most DMOs don't have the authority to manage such an effort, and we could face resident backlash if our efforts are not successful. But you said in our pre-call that we are so closely tied to this subject that we can't look the other way. Tell me your thoughts. Yeah, and thank you for sharing the article with me, Bill. I don't know how I'd missed it, but I hadn't actually read it until you shared it with me. But it it is a great read. And for your listeners, I definitely recommend they check it out. Carl has some excellent points. And in it, he says that DMOs don't have the authority to control sustainability initiatives, like you said. But I think the truth of the matter is that as DMOs, we don't have control over most of what is in our missions, uh, as much as we wish we did. <laughs> right. For example, you know, we might like to think that we control visitation to our destinations, but we don't have the authority to regulate airport flow or highway traffic. So I think it's important to have that perspective on, you know, what we do have authority over. I also think that some DMOs shy away from destination management and stewardship because of fear fear that they will get blamed for something that they don't directly control, which is understandable. But really, I think people need to be courageous and start addressing some of these issues now. You know, if your destination is on the brink of over-tourism or is struggling with resource conservation, you should be afraid of what will happen to your destination down the line. Maybe it won't be within your tenure but I do believe we have a responsibility to the future generations to address these issues now. And then going back to you know Carl's point about authority, in my opinion, if DMOs are evolving in the right way, then they should have enough authority to at least make an impact on these issues and where we go from here as a key part of destination management is destination leadership. And if you're helping to lead your destination, you should be able to influence and impact sustainability. So, for example, at Visit Durango, we have a sustainable tourism task force with a lot of local community leaders, including local government, some resource conservation nonprofits, transportation, community development. And then we also have three DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion subcommittees to help with accessibility, LGBTQ plus, and diversity programs. And it's a two-way street. You know, they help advise us on our projects and programs, but we also help them with their campaigns and strategy. So while I get where Carl is coming from, I don't think we should let fear stop us from doing what we think is right. Well, and along that line, I was thinking about that, that It doesn't seem to cause us pause to advocate for we need a new meeting facility, a new sports facility, a new marina, a new whatever. You know, when I got into this business, really DMOs in the 80s and 90s were about playing the hand you were dealt, 
right? Here's our stuff. Come see us. Mm -hmm. And then we began, I think, in the 90s and the aughts to begin to realize that we were the ones that could identify where the weaknesses were in our destinations. And we started advocating for let's fill that hole. Let's fix that. Let's create this. And I don't think we had a problem moving in that direction. But when we move, I don't want to say backwards, but when it's about defending our destination, I think there's some concern. And I, I know that we DMOs from across the nation, the continent, the world are all now dealing with, okay, how do we balance a perfect destinational storm? And I think that you're right. This is something that we can't back away from, but tell us what you're doing that would not put you in that position where there could be a backlash where people are going to say in three years, well, you said you were sustainable, but what did you do about it, right? How do you get past that fear? That's a good question, Bill. And I think it depends a lot on the destination, but for probably most mountain and beach destinations right now, this is the problem. But rather than, you know, filling in the gaps of visitation, it's, potentially slowing down visitation for places that might be experiencing over-tourism. You know, not unlike Sedona. I mean, Sedona has been suffering a backlash, as we all have been watching over the past couple of years. And we had Jennifer Wesselhoff, the former CEO, on this show a couple of years ago, talking about the fact that they had made sustainability two primary pillars of their work, and it still wasn't enough because the community just has lost their minds and has said, no mas, we're done. City council overreacted, stripped the Chamber of Commerce DMO of all marketing funds. And I think most of us kind of sat back and thought, okay, well, you know, 23, they'll be fine because pent-up demand, revenge tourism, it's a great destination. They may see some some problems in 24 and maybe 25 is when the wheels come off. And of course, you know, within nine months of stopping all promotion, their September room tax collections were down 10% and their sales tax collections are, by some accounts, down 20%. It didn't even take a year for the result. But, you know, it was that moment in Sedona that the Bureau took the blame for you know, honestly, something that they hadn't done, but they had tried to, you know, say, hey, here's how we're going to fix it. And it just didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah, I think what's important is that as DMOs take on sustainability and stewardship as part of their mission or their charge, they need to be clear that this is partially leadership, but it's a lot about partnership. And so while they may be one of the people at the table working on these issues, it really takes a village. And so government needs to be involved, nonprofits, conservation organizations. I fear for Sedona because we all saw what happened when the Colorado Tourism Office lost their budget. Uh, Longwoods International has a great case study on this, the rise and fall of Colorado tourism right. and the drop in tourism, economic impact, all the benefits it brings was almost immediate, drastic, and it has taken them, I mean, they still haven't fully recovered. It takes a long time to bounce back from that. So 
Uh, hopefully people are sharing case studies like that with their elected officials. So, you know, more of us don't fall prey to this trend. Yeah. So talking about Colorado, you're intimately engaged in a statewide program called Care for Colorado, and you've been able to localize that program for Durango. So from a resident sentiment survey to creating a Care for Durango pledge, share with us how you've maximized this program. Yeah, I joined the board of the Colorado Tourism Office last year, and I want to say I'm just really proud of what comes out of that office. You know, sometimes we go to DI or these national conferences and might share with peers what we're working on as far as sustainability, and often it's met with surprise, sometimes a little bit of skepticism. But in Colorado, this is really more of the expectation or the yeah. norm. It's definitely not the exception. Durango is just one of many destinations that are working on stewardship. And I think almost all of the destinations within Colorado are championing this a lot because of the great example that is set by the state office. So I think they do a great job of destination leadership for the state. And so While Visit Durango has a pretty broad approach to sustainability, if a destination is considering dipping a toe into these waters, I think the easiest place to start is just by messaging responsible visitation to your guests. And that's actually something that Carl talked about in his article that we were discussing. And, you know, we're already marketing and advertising to the visitors, so it's not a far leap to start using some tips on how to be a great visitor in your website or social media. And for us, how we crafted that messaging was we started with a resident sentiment survey and we asked our locals, what are the stewardship priorities that you would like us to promote when we communicate with our visitors? And we took the top five and we created our Care for Durango pledge. And the five winners were be prepared, leave no trace, stay healthy, be firewise, and be respectful. And the key to being successful with these is to try not to preach too much. You want to present them Mm -hmm. as helpful tips on how to maximize your visit. So we promote these on our website, blogs, social media, other advertising. And then what's somewhat unique about our program is we actually do some in market marketing and advertising as well. So once the visitor arrives in town, we have displays in our welcome center. We have large banners up over Main Ave. We have different collateral and flyers and hotels and restaurants and other businesses in town. And the messaging that's in all of these varies seasonally. So for example, in the summer months, we might promote messaging around being firewise. And in the winter months, it might be something more like avalanche awareness. So we modeled our program a lot based on what the state was doing. But I think it's important for each DMO to kind of take their own spin and make it unique for their destination. You know, great point about you can't be preachy about it. One of my favorite during the COVID era, I was walking through a convention center uh, and I can't think of the destination right now, and it kills me because I would love to give them props for this. But the convention center had these, you know, big signs up about masking. And I mean, it it made mm-hmm. you laugh because they said, okay, 
this is not a correct way, you know, nose out. This is not a correct way. They had every possible way in graphical form that you could wear a mask wrong. And they go, these aren't right. This is the way you wear your mask. And, and it just made you chuckle because it was like, yeah, I know I, I, I need to do a better job. And I think that really for a lot of destinations, the work they did in COVID to alert people on how to best consume the destination while being safe, I think is, is a great starting point for sustainability and stewardship. Yeah, it always helps if you can sprinkle in a bit of humor, have a fun take on it, be a little bit lighthearted about it. I think people are more receptive than the more kind of preachy, serious approach. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get back to the position that you told us about in Toronto last July. So you said you did a resident sentiment survey. It showed you the direction you needed to go. You said you saw it immediately. And then you dedicated a portion of your budget to destination management, which you'd never done before. So what does that mean for your organization and for Durango? Yeah, well, to explain the evolution of kind of where we came from and where we are today, I joined Visit Durango at the end of 2019. And at that time, we were strictly a destination marketing organization. But I would say immediately upon starting here. And honestly, probably even when I was interviewing for the position, I could tell there was a really strong need for more of a management approach. Yeah. And as probably a lot of your listeners know, when you start as a new leader at a DMO, uh, ideally a lot of those first few months are just meeting the players. And so I listened to board members and elected officials and local leaders and business owners. And it just became clear that while we do still need marketing, I don't want to make any mistakes about that. We also needed more of this destination stewardship approach. And then, like you said, we did our resident sentiment survey. We also did a tourism business stakeholder survey. And that really just tied the bow on it. There was no denying that this was the path we needed to take. And then COVID hit and we had (laughs) a lot of visitors here. And as we know, this trend kind of worldwide that happened during COVID was that more people than ever before were camping, hiking, getting outside, experiencing the backcountry. So we also had this influx of kind of outdoor novice visitation that was just further evidence that sustainability and responsible visitation needed to be a top priority. So all that kind of summed up uh, in 2020, we made the official change from destination marketing organization to destination management and marketing organization. But even back in 2020, sustainable tourism programs honestly did not even have a line item in our entire budget. (laughs) And now I'm happy to report this year, it's actually 39% of our budget. Wow! This is the first year it actually surpassed marketing. So marketing is 32% of our budget this year. And I would say this shift, somewhat surprisingly, has been met with very little resistance. Our community is supportive. And we're just excited that we get to make this change with so much support behind us. It's honestly been a pleasant surprise. So, 
And I think that's one of the fears, obviously, for any DMO pro who is looking to make that move is your major players, your hotels, your attractions, you know, what kind of a pushback will they have when they see that the majority of the budget that some will say that's our money is being put not into marketing, but into actually limiting the number of people who come to town and who are feeding those businesses and keeping them afloat. Yeah. And we like to think of it not necessarily as limiting for us. It's more of a seasonal approach, actually. So what most people don't realize about Durango is that we're very heavily visited in the extended summer season and pretty light in visitation in the winter season. We do get a fair amount of skiers and snowboarders who come to visit, but occupancy-wise, that is our off-peak season. So really what we're trying to do is just spread the curve a little more evenly Mm -hmm. so that we feel the impact less when people are here. But then also we have this healthier year-round economy where employment is more stable, business revenues are more reliable. So we're just trying to even out the curve as much as we can. Yeah. Well, and you're doing a great job, and we love what we see coming out of Durango, so congratulations on that. Time for the bonus round question. You created a program at Visit Durango, which I just love. You do a monthly Fun Fam Friday where the staff takes turns planning a field trip or a team-building activity. Now, not only is it a great opportunity for team bonding, but it also gets you out experiencing your destination in a way that you couldn't do if you just hang out at the office all the time. And you also get to know your attractions and your activity stakeholders better, which, you know, they love that connection. They, we find this all over the countries is when we're talking with stakeholders, they go, oh, we love the DMO. We just wish we'd saw them more. <laughs> well, this is a great way to see them more, right? But best of all, as you said, it's fun. So you've gone skiing, you've visited ancient ruins, you've gone wakeboarding, you've gone hot air ballooning and ice climbing. But one of those experiences is one of my favorites, and that is visiting a wild wolf refuge. Tell us about that and tell us about the special friend that you've met. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the special friend was named Ramsey. So our county, La Plata County, is home to this fabulous wild wolf refuge sanctuary. It's this beautiful piece of land tucked into the forest. And I want to say there's around two dozen wolves there. And, you know, some of them use stay away from the enclosure and just admire them from a distance. But some of the wolves are friendly and they like people. So you get to go inside and some of them really ham it up and lick your face and, you know, you get to pet them and they're just such gentle giants. And it was a really (laughs) special experience, especially as an animal lover. But apparently they also thought I was special because when I was petting one of the males who was named Ramsey, he seemed to take a liking to me. 
And then before I knew it, I was caught in the line of fire and Ramsey had actually peed on my leg to mark me as his territory. <laughs> so he marked you. I love yeah. It. <laughs> you know, I took it as a compliment, but it was definitely not your average souvenir. <laughs> so that's just wild. Well, I, I love the concept and I love the story. So uh, congratulations. And hopefully some other DMO pros can take a lead from from what you're doing and, you know, not only team build, but also be out there with your stakeholders and experience the destination, because I think that's so important. And so often we get caught up in not doing it. Of course, the whole peeing thing is different, but you know, beyond that, <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's just, it's a really cool idea. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And you know, this isn't my first DMO I've worked for. And what I found in the past is that, you know, we just get so busy stuck behind the computer in the office at the keyboard and we talk about going to the new restaurant or checking out the fun event or seeing the exhibit at the attraction and time goes by and you just get so busy that you often don't get a chance so this is a great way for us to get out there experience Durango and be able to market it in an authentic way because we've experienced it all so it's really special and I would definitely recommend it for other DMOs. Yeah, very, very cool. Rachel, we love how you've understood resident sentiment and moved rapidly to address the needs in your community. If others are sensing what you sensed a year ago, where can they learn more about your program? Our website is just Durango.org. We are on all social media is Visit Durango. Uh, we do have some pages on our website for responsible visitation and care for Durango if they're looking to research that a little bit more specifically. And then anyone's welcome to reach out to me. I'm just Rachel at Durango.org. Okay. Well, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. And we look forward to seeing you in Dallas for the annual, if not before. Well, thank you, Bill. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Well, thank it's a little you. surreal to be a guest, but it was a big <laughs> honor. And just thank you for all you do for our industry. I appreciate you. So. Well, thank you so much. It's great to have you on. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and peers this is where the best and the brightest come to share their stories. It's DMOU.com. And thanks, too, to our sponsor, Destinations International, which has just released the first ever EDI assessment tool designed for DMOs to understand how EDI has been incorporated into operational practices as a basis to improve and integrate performance. To learn more, go to the homepage of destinationsinternational.org and click on the EDI link. DMOPros.com is where you're going to find links to our services for the DMO sector, links to the Z News, position papers on board diversity, the new model for destination development, the book Destination Leadership, and the biggest DMO job board on the planet, plus access to past episodes of DMOU. That's DMO Pros with a Z.com. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMO Pros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.